Hello, and welcome to Posting Up, the Washington Post NBA podcast. I'm your host, Tim Montemps, national NBA writer for the Washington Post. Coming today with a podcast with my man, Dan Wojcicki, who I'm very happy to say is back covering the NBA full-time. Uh, after spending some time with the Los Angeles Times covering the Chargers, he's now covering the whole league as a national NBA writer for them, which is awesome for him and awesome for us as NBA fans. Uh, in what is a very fitting uh, description of the Clippers, this was supposed to be all about the Clippers. Of course, we then got into immediately co- talking about the Lakers, uh, as has been the entire Clippers history in Los Angeles. However, we did get back to the Clippers later on. Uh, spent a lot of time on them on a very interesting deep roster. Maybe has more pure individual rotation players than any team in the league. Currently has too many players to even be on the team uh, at the start of, at the start of the season. I think they have 17 guaranteed contracts. So uh, we got into all that and we did get in the requisite Laker talk, like I said, uh, looking ahead to their upcoming season, if they maybe make a trade, some other stuff. So it should be a fun conversation as always with Dan. And with that, let's get right to it. All right. Thank you, Dan, for doing the pods. It's been a big year for uh, returners to the NBA world. We got Ethan Strauss back in uh, back in the spring, back in the mix. And now uh, you're finally back away from football and uh, covering the league for the LA. Yeah. So this well, Tim, before we get started, I got to say it's always a pleasure to talk to a fellow Midwesterner on the podcast. <laughs> it's always an exciting thing for me. Hey. It's uh, we're, we're just we're just two peas in a pod, that's, buddy. That's a deep cut right there for <laughs> posting up listeners. It is a deep cut. I'm sure. I'm sure that the seven people that listen to the podcast will uh, will be all over <laughs> it. Um, but with that, with that behind us, uh, now that you're back around the league again, uh, as part of this this look at teams that are kind of under the radar around the league, uh, I, I am very intrigued by the team you used to spend every day around the the Clippers out in L.A. A team well, that can, can team I hijack that the pod for a you, second? You can. All I was okay. going to say was the the, re, the main reason I am interested in the Clippers is that they may have more NBA rotation players on their team than any other team in the league. <laughs> Two teams. It was like year for years and years they were just like thirsting for rotational depth, and now they have it without any of the stars. Yes, and it's like the Bizarro Clippers. It's a, a cruel irony. Um, no, here, but before we get going on the Clippers, I want to actually bring up a Lakers point to you, and I, I want to get your opinion. No, on we're going to talk. Okay. We're going to talk about the Lakers. We're going to get to them, we can, but we can we can talk about them first if you want. Just really quickly. Sure. You and I were at a um, karaoke slash murder bar <laughs> in Santa Clara. <laughs> Yes, in Santa Clara. While After we were both, a while we were both NFL preseason foot- football game. While, while two national beer writers are covering a football game. But yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and I had given you, I would pitched you my wild Lakers theory, which was based in no fact whatsoever. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Why don't you just. It was that they're going to freak out and empty the assets for uh, yes, Anthony that's Davis. Right. That's right. Yes. And you, 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 in a. Um, very Bontempsian fashion, loudly, <laughs> loudly uh, labeled that stupid. Do you do you feel any different about that with this? Uh, to be clear, uh, to be clear, uh, the only the, the uh, what I said was I, I don't I don't think I think it is very possible that the Lakers panic and empty the clip. I just don't think there's any chance they'll be able to get Anthony Davis this year because I don't think the Pelicans. It might not be this year. Yeah. I don't, like, but I don't as think a caveat, the, do, you, do you feel. I don't think the Pelicans will trade him. Do you feel like a little bit more like, and now granted, he hasn't signed with Clutch. You, yet, mean, right? you mean in the wake of him firing Thad Foucher? Yes, and changing uh, agents. Look, that do we feel like he's more likely 
do, do, I guess basically, do you want to apologize to me now <laughs> or when we see well, each other in again, person next? Again, like I, like I said to you in our conversation at the time, you said I could see a scenario in which the Lakers empty their clip this year to get Anthony Davis this season. And I, I do not think that there I, – I, it's hard for me to imagine the scenario in which the Pelicans would trade Anthony Davis this season. And I this was, keep have, in mind, I was saying this from, again, no information yeah, whatsoever. No, no. Hey, listen, I don't want this you, to get aggregated. Well, this listen, is not it's, me. This, it's going this to get not, aggregated. So this just is not that. me saying that this is going to happen or that I have any yeah. information that suggests yeah. this should happen. Now, look, I think if you I think if you said – if you had said, I think the Lakers are going to – if the Lakers are 20 and 30 in mid-January, do they – panic and call the Timberwolves and try to get Jimmy Butler and give up a couple guys. Like, yeah, I could see a scenario where like that happened. Or if there's some other guy. What about, a, what about another Timberwolf, a tall Timberwolf? Well, I mean, listen, the Carl Towns thing is interesting and it, that, that would not, I'm, I would be much less surprised about that now than I would have been a year ago. I still don't think he gets traded anywhere, but I, I do think that there's at least a possibility that at some point he gets traded. You know, if this is a fun fact about Carl Anthony Towns that a lot of people don't know is that he was never a member of the Chicago Bulls and that will work <laughs> against him this season. Yes, it will. Um, All right, we can we can talk about your we'll talk we'll, we'll talk yeah. no we'll get back to the Lakers but but do but listen I, I will say that um, I, I do think there's a chance that they they blow things up I just don't um, I, I don't think that Anthony Davis is going to get traded before he gets they get the chance before to offer they have him to. right before they, they have before to. before they get a chance to offer him two hundred and fifty million dollars or whatever the the make him say yeah make him say make him say no to that right if he says and no that, to if he says no to that then they have an auction next summer and they trade him somewhere. But anyway, back we'll get back to the Lakers at the end. Back to the Clippers. Uh, it, it is right. very funny. They do they they were a team that for so long had like three or four really really good players, and they, they were, were always struggling. Two more guys, they were like one or two guys always away in their rotation. Right. They were basically where the Rockets were last year, like a guy or two short. And now, to your point, they now have like thirteen guys, and they have no stars. And it, it's a very interesting scenario. So as you as you well, look here, at them, as you're getting quick, back into the league. For people who don't sure. know, let's go through. Here are their playable players. All right, I have the roster in front Yeah, of do it by position. So start okay, with guard. guard. All right, Patrick Beverly, NBA player, on a right. great contract. Right. Avery Bradley, NBA player, on a, on a good contract. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Shai Gilgis Alexander. i got to learn how to say that name Shai. better. Shay. Shay. But the rest of it was right. Shy is the '90s R&B group. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm, that's gonna be hard for me. Um, Shay, SGA, we'll call him Sega. Yes. Um, Sega, Sega I, one of the most impressive players in summer league. Oh, I, I covered him in the tournament. I was blown away by him, and I really covered him in the good, regional good. In Boise. He's gonna be really good, good. player. Um, Jerome Robinson, Boston College guy who has some McCallumish tendencies to his game. We'll see if it gets there. First round pick, though, obviously someone they're gonna want to have around. Um, Milos, you know what I mean? Like terrific pass, needs to be can stay on the floor. Yep. But again, NBA player. Yep. Um, you have Lou Williams at guard. Obviously, NBA player. NBA player. You have Cinderus Thornwell, who last year looked like a guy who could morph into sort of a, a grindy, like tough defensive-minded rotation guard. Right. You have Tyrone Wallace, who they resigned for some reason. Um, another guy who last year kind of in sort of the vacuum of play, like playable players with all their injuries and all their issues showed that he could be an NBA player. Right. So that, that's, that's I, I lost count. That's 57 guards. 
that they have on their <laughs> roster right now. Um, at forward, they have Gallinari. They have Tobias Harris. They have Wes Johnson. They have Mike Scott. They have Luke Mbamute. Okay. I mean, like. All those, all, all, all those guys are rotation players in the league for sure. Um, they have at center, they have Marcin Gortat. And they have uh, Montrez And they have Boban. And they have Boban. Boban, to me, is like mostly just like fun for the internet. But he's, like, still, he's, still, he's a guy that can play, though. I mean, he's, like he's not eight a... Eight minutes. Like I mean, eight-minute clips. Again. He could still play. He could still play fairly consistently for you. There's a couple oh, matchups he can't play. Okay. But he can at least... Yeah. Against most... Any team that's got a any kind of a, a traditional center, he can at least play for 10 But that's 10 a lot a of dudes. I mean, that's a lot. I'd totally forgotten that. I mean, they have more, guys. they have more, they have more guys than, than Garen. They have, I mean, they have more guys. Than, they, than yeah. Th- that will not be those, those guys will not all be on their opening day roster. They, can, they can't be right. No. Yeah. So I, I mean, to me, they have 17 like, guys on guaranteed contracts. Juwan Evans, I think is almost guaranteed to be cut. And then they're, they're going to have to figure out what they do with that last spot. Do they caught Wes Johnson? Do they cut Boban? Do they trade somebody? I, I mean, they're well, going to have to I mean, do something. I mean, wouldn't you be, I mean, if I'm Lawrence Frank, and, you know, we'll see what's happening here. If I'm Lawrence Frank, though, um, in addition to listening to Howard Stern all the time, I would be calling <laughs> um, the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I mean, Milos, and, Milos and, to the Suns for it. Milos to the Suns for it. Right. Like Milos to the Suns. Uh, you know, Milos and Jawan Evans to the Suns for uh, – Darrell Arthur um, to make the money even, uh, and and the the Suns give you know the Suns back a second round pick. That that seems like just a very well, and that checks trade. and that checks some boxes for the Clippers because they tried to sign Darrell Arthur seven years ago. <laughs> so like, when I was, back when I was coming to the team, probably more like four years ago, they tried to get him. Yes. Um, so like yes, that was always I'm I'm a White Sox fan, and that was always one of the, like the most frustrating things about being a White Sox fan was that they would invariably get my favorite players in baseball four years um, after they should have. Yeah, like they had Roberto Alomar, I think twice. They had Ken Griffey Jr. was on the White Sox. Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> there's a long list of of players that like kind of made their way through Michael Jordan. Right. Um, but the Suns, the Suns could desperately use a point guard, and yes. the Clippers don't need Milos. So like that would make a lot of sense as an example. Sure. I mean, and I'm like my Clippers opinions, and I think where where I my kind of view for what the franchise should be doing is different from what their views are on this. Um, and this is just kind of based on looking at their summer and kind of putting things together. Okay. But I mean, to me, um, I mean, I would say Patrick Beverly should be on the table too. Oh um, yeah. I mean, I, the the thing about the Clippers that's interesting to your point about like the number of guys they have and like the 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 options they have. I mean, I'm I'm pulling up their. Uh, their contract sheet right now. I, I think they have somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 players on expiring contracts this season. I mean, Tobias Harris, Marcin Gortat, Boban, Wes Johnson, Ben and Bob Mutte, Mike Scott. Um, they've got Avery Bradley on a very small partial for next year. Um, Milos is on an option, or actually Milos is too. I mean, that's nine guys that yeah. um, are only signed for, for this year or for a very small partial next year. And Lou Williams is on a great contract, and they could easily turn around and trade him if they wanted to. So, I mean, then you're talking about – I mean, that's that's 10 guys that you could either use as salary ballast in a trade in some of their cases or in a lot of their cases, guys that, you know, could be useful to a team at the deadline. And they could, if they're not really in the mix for a playoff spot, they could collect a lot of second-round picks or you know, maybe they package a couple of those guys and get a first-round pick. I mean, they, they could they could really get a lot of assets just by moving a lot of those guys around. No, I 
I think you're right. And I mean, I think that to me is sort of, that's sort of the argument for why they did what they did this summer, you know, is to, to be tradable, right. To kind of collect assets, um, to be, to give the impression of competitiveness. Um, you know what I mean? And then, um, if it doesn't work out, you know, be in a position to really hit the eject button on everybody essentially and collect some right. picks and go into free agency next year um, armed with a ton of cap space and a ton of assets and, and, you know, say to Kawhi Leonard, hey, like, you shouldn't be anybody's number two. Um, let's build a team in your image kind of here. You know, like, yeah. who do you want? No, who, it's no who question do you to want? me that's what they're yeah. trying to do. Now, I think, I mean, I do think there is a question though. I think the other part of this, though, is that, and this is my time around Doc Rivers, this is my time around Steve Ballmer, um, I think that is plan B. Um, plan A is to win. And I think plan A for them is to be the seventh seed. And, oh, yeah. I think, and, I, think if you, if, I think if you ask the Clippers what their, what their optimal season this year is, short of, like, Kawhi being traded there, right? Like, in, like, Toronto bails on the experiment, say. Sure. But, like, assuming assuming they don't land a star in a trade, I think the optimal outcome for their season is this group bands together, plays pretty well, wins in the high 40s, is either just out of the playoffs or is one of the last teams in the playoffs. And then they can go to these guys in the summer and say, hey, look at what we did with this team where yeah. we had a bunch of so-so players and won 48 games. Yeah, and, and so it's sort of the, the the choice they have to make is what's more attractive to high-level free agents? Is it a, a clean slate and Los Angeles? Or is it like our ragtag Bad News Bears bunch that um, somehow made the playoffs? But they can kind of offer both, though. That, I mean, that look, they can the get. Thing, I mean, they right? can get out, right? On, on this stuff too. Again, we said like you know, it, but I do think it's easier to, to to trade a player at value, like a guy like Lou Williams, for instance. I think is more valuable to a team midseason than he is in the offseason. Like I like right. like I think that he's somebody when you look at your roster and you say like, you know, we could really use a Lou Williams type. I don't know that that's a decision you make in, um, you know, August. That that doesn't feel like something right. Like, it, like that feels like more like an in season. Well, there's a reason Lou has been traded Correct. two or three times. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think right. they've got a lot of those guys that are more like you know, Luka Bamute could really help us at the deadline. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I like I feel like could help the Houston Rockets at the deadline. He absolutely could. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think to me that that's sort of I, I I do feel like they they're on like a one or two path thing. I I'm of the opinion not that they should tank. I don't know that they have the luxury to full on tank. Um, you know, especially in a city right now that is going to be captivated by um, LeBron James um, right. and soon to be Anthony Davis. Um, no, I think it, it's, you know, I <laughs> aggregate that. Um, I, I think, no, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've got a first round pick that's, you know, sent off to Boston um, in 2019. I think that when you're rebuilding. You can't. It's sent off to sent off to Boston if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, and I, and I think when you're rebuilding, like you can't afford to not have those guys. Uh, right. Um, you need your first round picks. You need those guys to be on you know cap friendly rookie contracts. Um, you need to fill out your rotation with them, especially if your plan is to take all your cap space and throw it at stars. And right and to me, so that's like I wouldn't even play around with trying to make the playoffs. <laughs> like I think right. You know, being the eight seed. 
and valiantly getting swept by the, you know, the Warriors or the Rockets in the first round, or maybe taking a game off of one of them because you just play hard. Right. It's like, this is a team that is going to play really hard. And they're- I mean, the single best scenario for them would probably be to be what happened to the Nuggets last year, right? Like, to keep Steve Ballmer the happiest, right? It's like, you, you literally go to the last day of the season with a chance to make the playoffs, and you just miss, and then you keep your pick. And everybody's happy. Sure, like I, I mean, look, that that's probably the best case scenario in their mind. For, it, I for, think for, you're right. All I mean, I'm way more of the opinion that it's like if you are in a position to rebuild, like you should try to pick in the top five if you can. Like, oh no, I I agree with you. What I'm saying is like from a like, organization. I think you're right. No, I think you're right. From, and I th- from I'm from their perspective, like you said before, like Steve Ballmer. It'd be better to be not about on the door for winning them than 20 to games. be in it. Right. But, like, right. I think they're going to want to be in it. Um, like, I really do. I think that, like, you know, just knowing what I know about Steve Ballmer, definitely knowing what I know about Doc Rivers, um, this is not, you know, this is not well, a, Lawrence is the same way. Those is, are all. This is a one-year plan. This is, in a lot of ways, is, like, they. this has been part of their problem is that they don't have a t- tremendous amount of foresight because they get blinded by the competitiveness. And I think right. they're in a really interesting situation this year because I look at that roster and see a team that, if things break the right way, is absolutely a team that could be, you know, they could be a, a really fun defensive team that plays a lot of small ball and does a lot of stuff. Now, obviously, the big ifs here are, you know, can they keep Gallinari on the floor? Can they keep Pat Beverly on the floor? Those have not been, you know, things that really anybody's been able to do. Right, um, Avery Bradley was terrible last year. Is he going to yeah, be better can, this yeah, year? Yeah, can they keep Avery Bradley on the floor and, and have him playing well? But like you know, they do have a lot of kind of interesting little pieces. Tobias Harris to me is a, a is a really interesting piece um, in terms of a guy who's still really young in this league and a guy who's gotten better it seems every year. Um, I you know I don't think he has a tremendous ceiling, um, but he seems at this point like he's got a pretty low a pretty high floor as a player. Right. Um, a, a guy right. that I think you'd like to have around. I mean, he's, you know, he turned 26 in July. Yeah. You know, I, and a, and a world-class guy too. Like if you ask people in Detroit or you ask people in Orlando, I mean, people where he's been, I mean, just a guy who really works hard is a good guy, shows up every day, does his job, like shot for, you know, 41% it, it, from three last year. Yep. Really, really you know solid, what? really solid player. Yeah, I mean, I think to Especially me that's a guy where everybody's like, trying to have those like six eight combo forward types who are yes, long and like a guy like spots, a guy like, like feels like to me like a guy you're gonna want and yep and, and so you know they have like these like to me like the path to them being a playoff team is not like impossible to imagine like I could like I could see them playing teams tough I could see them harassing guards at the point of attack I could see their veterans having kind of like those like rejuvenation years, like a guy like Gortat could have a really good year. Um, obviously playing with those guards, setting those like huge screens. Um, you, know, yep. you know what I mean? I could see all of that happening. Um, it's also a team perfectly suited to their coach. Yes. Bunch of, bunch of veteran guys. Well, and that's what Doc did last year though too, is like he did actually get, you know, that, that team last year had no business contending as long as they did because of their injuries yep. and stuff like that. And, yep. and, and they hung around and I think that was, a, you know, was, you could make an argument that that was maybe one of Doc Rivers' best jobs that he's done as a coach. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any question you, it was. You, you know, I mean, I think the Sterling year still to me stands out his first year with the Clippers as like yeah, absolutely. managing kind of the personalities and all of that stuff. There was just after that, it just kind of stalled. But yeah, I mean, he did a really good job last year, and I think he earned that extension to come back. Um, you know, and this is a team to me that has a chance to be kind of a grindy 
you don't want to see them on the schedule. Um, you know, and I'm my, here's my Midwestern bias, like, you know, and they don't have the star power necessarily, but like those early Derrick Rose Bulls teams that had a good mix of veterans and, and young players. And they just played super hard. I actually think the better comparison is to that one Nuggets team that won 57 games. I don't think their ceiling is quite that sure. high because I don't think they're going to be good enough at either end. But like that, that Nuggets team that Gallo was a part of after the mellow trade, I mean, that was a team that had, you know, a little bit higher end talent. Iguodala was at that point a higher level player. Um, but that was a team with like 10 or 11 or sure. 12 yeah, I like really that too. good NBA players that just, you know, even if you add a couple injuries, you're going to have NBA depth at every position roll out there for 48 minutes. Sure. And if you're able to just do that over the course of the season, you're going to rack up a lot of wins. I mean, look, if you told me right now it, it, that the Clippers end up with a better record than the Lakers, it would not shock me. Oh, that would shock me. Like, but yes. I mean, I, I could, I, but I, cause I, well, but that's the thing. Like I could see the Clippers win 47 games if it works out right. And I could see the Lakers winning 45 games. Yeah. Like, I, I don't mean think they're going to be 10 games out of them, but like, I think they could be in the same kind of ballpark, even though their team is in such a different place because, you know, they are like, to your point, they're going to be the kind of team that nobody's going to want to play. And they're just going to, they're going to grind out a lot of, you know, wins on through the dog days of the season, just through, you know, Doc coaching them up and through playing. Hard. I mean, one of the interesting things that we, that like, and again, <clears throat> um, you know, and this kind of, I think, um, goes a little bit to the Lakers too. Um, but it, it, I think it's clear to see on the, on the, the Clippers roster right now is like, you definitely like the two most important guys, um, on their roster are, um, Shay Gilchrist Alexander and Jerome Robinson. Your rookies are your two most, they were both lottery picks. Those are your two, to me, those are your two most important guys on your roster. Probably to buy yep. too. Right. But, but those two guards and, um, you could look at their roster and you could draw up their rotations right now. And you might not have an easy time finding 10 minutes a game for those guys. And I think that to me is kind of one of the interesting sort of paradoxes about where this team is at is that, you know, this is a team that could be winning games and not be servicing kind of, you know, their top needs, which are developing, um, you know, what their backcourt of the future, what could be their Lillard McCollum. Yeah, I mean, I think I think just I think just Alexander will play for them. I mean, my guess I was just about to ask you. My guess is that assuming Beverly is healthy, their guard rotation will be Beverly, Bradley, Lou Williams, and Che, and that'll be their their four guys that they run out there. Um, I I would think that barring injury, Jerome Robinson is going to spend an awful lot of time, especially for a lottery pick, with uh, the Agua Caliente Clippers. Say it with some feeling, Agua Caliente. You have to really hit that Caliente. <laughs> Yes. Well, I have a feeling he's going to get to know Ontario really well. It's beautiful. Uh, this season. Because uh, I just don't, I, I don't, I, I think barring injury, it's going to be hard for him to, to crack minutes the way that it would for most lottery guys, to your point, because they do have so many guys they have that can so play. Many guys. I think that Shea is going to be in their rotation right away. And, and I, I don't know. And like, maybe this will be different, but again, the, my time around Doc Rivers, and this has been more with like late, like late first round picks, is that he wasn't super. He didn't like sending those guys down. Um, now it it wasn't their own franchise in the past. Like it was when I was covering the team, they would be sending guys to I don't know um, Bakersfield or 
or where I mean that's a pretty significant difference now, right? I, I that think because you never co- you left you stopped covering the team before they even had their own yeah. Season, it was right? it was always something that they had talked about, and you know I I, I think to me I, I'll be very curious to see how they handle a first round pick because I um you know in the past I think Doc has wanted to be around those guys, and, and again the teams that I covered, and maybe this will be different, um you know with a team that's a little younger. Uh, I mean, Doc Rivers' teams don't practice. If you enjoyed this podcast and are interested in learning more about the NBA, you can get my weekly NBA newsletter, the Monday Morning Post-Up, delivered right to your inbox every Monday morning at 8 a.m. To do so, please go to wapo.st slash postup newsletter to subscribe. You'll get an original column from me, links to my work from the past week, Links to work from both my colleagues at the Washington Post and other writers from around the web about the league, a viewing guide for the week ahead, and some dining and pop culture recommendations. Again, to subscribe to the Monday Morning Post-Up, please go to wapo.st slash postup newsletter and start your week off right with everything you need to know about the NBA. Right. I mean, that... That that has got to change this year, right? I mean, with with I mean, all the issues from the past with the age they had and the lack of depth they had. I mean, they, this is a team where I mean, you would certainly think that unless it's just as strictly a I'm Doc Rivers, I don't want my team to practice thing. Like it, it's hard to justify the argument that this team shouldn't be practicing a whole hell of a lot. This no, year. exactly. I mean, but I, I think it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. I'm not sure how he'll handle it. Like I don't, I wasn't, right. I wasn't around the team last year. I don't know how much they practice the second half of the year. Um, I mean, my guess, knowing their kind of injury situation, that they probably didn't practice very much. Just judging on, right. on the way Doc has handled stuff in the past, and right. I could see this as a, I could see that happening again with this team. I really could, and I think that's where their individual development at, at times is, you know, stalled a little bit. Is that they've had guys who don't play a lot, who don't practice a lot, and then when they get their opportunities um, because of an injury, I'm thinking of Reggie Bullock, you know, um, yep. four years ago or however many years ago that was, five years ago. Um, you know, where he gets a chance for a week because Matt Barnes is hurt and like Reggie hadn't really played much. Um, he wasn't done. In the team. Right. He wasn't doing anything. He was around the team doing individual work, but that's different. Obviously right. than, than playing. Than and it's minutes. not like, look, yep. and it's not like NBA practices when you practice as a team are that intense always either. Um, you know, but I do think like being on the floor with nine other guys versus being on the floor, you know, doing one-on-one drills, um, sure. I think it makes a difference, and we've seen Reggie Bullock go on to be a, a pretty productive NBA player for the Pistons. Um, one of the did he lead the league in three point shooting last year? Uh, if he didn't, he certainly was a he certainly was an NBA quality player in a position the Clippers, as you said, spent years trying. to Yeah, and, and, and I think you know, I mean, that's a product. I think he's a product of reps. You know, a guy yep. who's played more and gotten more. Now, in Doc Rivers' defense, they weren't really in a position to give a guy. A ton. I mean, they were like, that was a ready-made like contender, you know, and, and for better or worse, Doc felt that the, the, you know, the best path for them was let's not slow down. You know what I mean? Let's not teach to the, to the bottom of the class. Let's, you know what I mean? Let's, we're going to do calculus here. We're not going to start with rookie algebra, you know what I mean? And and I, and I think that in the short term might've worked better in the long term, obviously it, it, it's been a problem. And part of the reason why, Lob City has uh, been disenfranchised, or is that yeah unincorporated? Right. 
It's either way. Uh, it's, it's close enough. Uh, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, that, that to your point, I mean, that was a team that always was a couple guys short and, you know, they tried, you know, they, they tried the Jared Dudley thing for a minute and then they bailed on that and they tried all, you know, they drafted all these wings and, you know, it was Reggie Bullock or CJ Wilcox, these different guys It didn't work out. And, you know, I mean, they, they tried Wesley Johnson that didn't work out. I mean, they, they, you know, they tried a lot of these different guys and just swung and missed. And, you know, that that's kind of where they are now. But I mean, to your point, it, 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 it they, do, they are in an interesting spot now where they have enough of these guys that if they can, even if they have to lose some of them to bring in a star or two next summer, they have enough of them to keep around around them that they're going to be able to have some of that depth that they never had anyway. So, I mean, it, it is a pretty interesting spot that they now find themselves in. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. And I mean, I think, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think the Western Conference being as loaded as, as it is could be something that um, really uh, <clears throat> that really kind of slows all of this down, right? I mean, you can be a good team that plays really hard in the Western Conference this year, and if a bunch of teams live up to their potential, you could be the like, I mean, that's just the reality of the, of, of the West this year. And, and maybe that would be best case scenario is that they're a team that is a, um, as they say in the NCAA tournament, a tough out every night. And, right. And, you know, they, they hang around, they get a good pick in the draft. Um, they show enough promise to where they can still pitch um, a top level free agent on coming here uh, and being the face of their franchise going forwards. And I mean, maybe that's scenario A1. It, it's just interesting because. To me, like, I again, and I know NBA teams don't think like this, or NBA teams not that, like, outside of maybe the Sixers don't or d- didn't think like this, but, you know, to me, this is a team that doesn't need to win games this year. This is a team right. that should be thinking three, four years down the road. They should be thinking of a post-LeBron Los Angeles landscape um, so that when LeBron retires or when LeBron leaves the Lakers or when LeBron is too busy producing his 50th TV show – and doesn't care about basketball as much that they're ready this time again to like they were in the post Kobe years to be the best basketball team in the city. And uh, yeah. And I think, you know, they'll be moving into a new arena by then if the the red tape gets handled. I mean, there's a lot of, right. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons. But what if, what if they're the best team in Los Angeles? What if they're the best team in Los Angeles in eight months? Um, Happy accident. To me, that's a bigger indictment on the Lakers than it is on, on, on the Clippers. You know, I, I think. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think if they. If this I mean, team, I like, wildly I, overachieves, all right? Why, right? If they overachieve, how sustainable is that next year? Again, assuming that they would keep, that they would keep, you know, they would keep their guards, assuming that they would. I guess what I'm saying is that they're, they're, they're in a position now with the flexibility they created with the Blake trade and with the pieces they got back, you know, getting essentially the Gildas Alexander pick in that trade and, um, you know, getting, uh, um, getting Tobias back and getting the cap space that they have. I mean, they're in a position where next summer, especially if they move down Ari, which I think they'd be able to with an asset, um, they could sign two or three guys next summer, and they could instantly sure. kind of remake their roster. Sure, and, and the question is, don't think the it's question is, is crazy if they are the better. I mean, team. the question is, like, what's the easier path to that, right? And and that and, and maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter if they, you know what I mean? If if their big selling point is, you know, come to LA, maybe it doesn't matter if they have their first round pick or not, and maybe it doesn't matter if. You know, they, right. they um, are a team that was competitive. But, you know, I, I think ideally, I think you'd want to be a competitive team that has their first round pick, you know, and ideally, yeah, ideally, you'd want to strike a little lottery, you know, strike a little lottery gold, uh, move up a little bit, and then you can kind of throw another asset into the mix 
um, to me, that's that that is their fastest uh, kind of route to um, yeah. relevance again. But because in the short term right now, I mean, they're up against it. it this is going to be, I think, a year um, where um, locally, um, you know, there's not going to be a lot of Clippers talk. And I think. Right. Um, you know, obviously there was a big Clipper story uh, yesterday that Bill Plasky broke. Um, you know, right. Ralph Lawler's retirement. Um, I think that'll be, um, they'll handle that well. Um, I've gotten no Ralph. Ralph is a great guy. He deserves it. Um, it'll be kind of fun. I, I hope he gets into the Hall of Fame sooner than later. Oh, he should. I mean, it's, it's, I honestly, <laughs> as an aside, I was stunned to see that he wasn't already, already in. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, tweeted something yesterday crazy. that, I mean, he probably should be up for sainthood, too, considering all the horrible basketball <laughs> he's had to watch. I saw that, and, and, which was funny. And, you know, the um, I, I think that's, but that... But you're right. I mean, to your point, though, that's going to be the biggest story about the Clippers this year. And that's not that's not a good thing. <laughs> like, I mean, like, no. you know... Like, but like but I, I will also say... I, love I, will also say I don't know that I would use the word sexy to describe, right. like, Ralph well, Lawler. I, I would say... I will say this. I think the Clippers are going to be probably somewhere between 9 and 11 in the West. And I think they're going to finish higher than several of these teams that are supposed to be ahead of them just because of the kind of roster they have that, like you said. Do you think they'll have a better record than the Memphis Grizzlies? Yes. Will they have a better record than the Denver Nuggets? That one I think is possible. Hello to B. Arthur in the background. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm gonna walk away. No, I don't. No, don't be sorry. It's fine. My B. my is, my precocious uh, little pup. Star. No, he's not not very little anymore. He's a monster. Um, um what about uh, what about will they have a better record than the Dallas Mavericks? Look, I'm i uh, yes, I think so. I mean, look, here's the thing. If I look at the if I look at the standings right now, I'm gonna pull them up on my computer. Um, I mean, look, they're gonna be better than the Sixers than the the Suns and the the Kings for sure because those teams. Are, those teams are, are very. Those teams are seemingly playing for top five picks. I mean, I mean the the the, Spur- the Suns will be much better, I think, but they're just they're just still going to be worse than the other teams in the West. The Kings are going to be reprehensibly bad. But if you look at the rest of these teams in the West, like Dallas should be worse than them. Memphis is has too many injury concerns. I think they'll probably be worse than them. But then you're talking about like. The Lakers, there's a scenario where the Lakers are worse than them. There's a scenario where Minnesota is worse than them, and they just go off the rails. There's a scenario where New Orleans is worse than them. There's a scenario where Denver is worse than them. Like, a lot of these, where Portland is worse than them. A lot of these teams, to your point, like, the Clippers' floor and ceiling are very close together. But it's pretty, I, yeah, I it's pretty agree solid. That. And these other teams are very boomer bust. I where they the could be really good, and they could be bad. One team you mentioned that I think has like a sneaky like case for the eight seed is, um, or maybe even better, is the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Both Dallas and Memphis, I think, have a chance to be in the mix if things break right. Um, I, I I do think that's possible, but I'm curious for your for your. Well, I mean, I think that DeAndre Jordan um, with Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic um, that will be very good for those guards. Yeah. That- and it, and it will be good for DeAndre, who, yes. in my opinion, looked pretty checked out last season. I think, so, I yeah, mean, at times. I mean, I think he, you know, he kind of, like, he, from what I saw in between watching um, the Chargers miss field goals, I, I, saw <laughs> a, um, I saw a guy that, like, really fluctuated, you know, that wasn't an every-night player, which is, like, that's never been him, you know. That wasn't him 
at least right. doing the Lob City. Version. Well, he looked it's, like a he looked like a guy who went from being on a team that had a chance every year to to a guy who was on a team that didn't. Yeah. Right. I mean that it's not the first time this has happened. That's happened. Yes. And I and, and and you see him going from there to the to the Mavs having to pick up his option, having a one essentially a one year deal. I mean, to me, it is all set up going to a system where with those two guards throwing lobs to him, like it is all set up for him to him have a very big year and get one last well, big and, contract. And I mean, like. That's a team that has what the second best coach in the NBA, the third best coach. Right. I mean, like certainly he's in the conversation for the best coach wherever. You, you know what I mean? So uh, to me, that's yep. a team that I look at their pieces and I say, okay, this is a team that's ready to to take a step. Um, it, you know, we'll have obviously a lot to play for. Who knows how many more years of Dirk they're going to have? Uh, right. You, you know, this feels like it could maybe be it, but you never know. Um, I, I think to me that's a team that will 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 have something to do in the western conference um b arthur agrees um <laughs> b arthur's all in on very DeAndre and, and the big west matthews fan my, my dog <laughs> loves the arrow celebration uh, no they're they're gonna be good i mean look and they were a team last year that lost an absurd amount of close games and um and i, I also think luca's just going to come in and immediately be a very good player so i mean i if you if you told me they won somewhere in the mid 40s would not surprise. Yes, yeah, so, so, I think it's more likely they win in the high thirties or mid. And they're and but, they're a next year team too. Like I right, think that's. Right. I think you're probably. That's probably. But true, there's but, but there's definitely a scenario where they're in the mix. Yeah. I mean that's the thing. That's the crazy thing about the West. I mean you could have there are thirteen teams where you could make a legit case they're above five hundred at the end of the season. Yeah. No. And, which and, is and, I, and I mean and I think in a lot of ways that that probably helps the Clippers. Um, where they don't have to make any grand declarations about their path forward, that the NBA will just kind of take care of it for them. Right. They could finish 11th in the West and have the – And have a successful season. Know, like, really, right. Like, and have the, realistically have, like, a good right. season. They could, yeah. they, right. They could, finish, they could finish 11th in the West and win 45 games, which is, like, the best-case scenario probably on every level. Yeah. You know, now before before we go, let's talk about the Lakers for a minute. Um, you know, obviously you mentioned it earlier. I mean, they're going to be you know probably the single most interesting team in the entire league. Um, you know, even though this series is more about kind of these podcasts are more about like the team. Are we are taping kind of this before Andrew Bynum is their starting center or after? We we are though. If they sign Andrew Bynum, he probably would immediately be not probably he would immediately be the best center on their roster, which is a small problem in. Uh, in the Lakers. The best center on their roster is who? I can answer this question. It's LeBron James. The problem is he's the best everything on their roster. Well, and he also <laughs> hates playing center and is already taking like uh he's already taking subliminal shots at people for not having the roster set up to where he doesn't have to play center. Uh so I just in a vacuum as as we're a week from training camp here. Where 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 do you stand on kind of what they are going to look like this season aside from them getting Anthony Davis before February? I mean, I think that they have a um it, this is like when when you go from one scenario to another, like I think part of the reason you do it is you want to be challenged, right? And, and that's some, that's right. one of the reasons you leave a comfort zone. It's one of the reasons why I decided to leave the NBA five years ago. It's one of the reasons I decided to come back. You know, it's like the excitement of a new well, Except team. you didn't leave the NBA five years Whatever. ago. Whatever. So a year ago. That's what I mean. <laughs> After five years. It felt like it was a long year. There were so many missed field goals. Um, I've, I've got Chargers uh, PTSD. The, I think, um, you know, there's, to, to me, um, a team that is like, this is going to be a tremendous challenge for LeBron James, a challenge that he's never really had in his career where they have a lot of young talent, um, you know, and can he shepherd some of that talent? Um, how will those guys react to going from 
hey, we're on a five-year plan to, hey, we're on a, a five-hour plan. You, you know what I mean? Right. Like a very accelerated timetable for those guys, I think. Um, that to me is – I'm probably most interested in that. That's something I saw firsthand with the Clippers when they traded for Chris Paul. Right. And saw how that – and that was that was not it, and that was not a uh, smooth ride at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it took it took guys like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan a couple years to really like go into like, okay, now we're playing for real, for real. And let's be and let's be and let's be clear: Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, when Chris Paul got to the Clippers, were light years ahead of where the well, Lakers Blake Griffin certainly. Right I mean, DeAndre Jordan. So, I mean, that, even DeAndre, even at DeAndre at that point, eh, had accomplished a lot. DeAndre Jordan at that point was still a real project. Like he was a guy that what not that to fall down this weird rabbit hole. I mean, he was a guy that wasn't playing in playoff games behind Kenyon Martin and Reggie Evans that first year. Um, True, but he was but he was a guy. But he was a guy that, that had already, <laughs> you could see it. You know, had clear. You could right. see the flashes in it, but it wasn't. It, I mean, so to me, like I think a guy like you know. Brandon Ingram and, and I still feel like people people don't like Lonzo Ball is like rookie season. The biggest disappointment in Lonzo Ball's rookie season, um, outside of his shooting, obviously, which is probably number one, was that he wasn't on the floor enough. That right, you know, to average, I mean, essentially, a what was he eleven seven and seven as a rookie? I believe he was seven seven and seven, but I, I will double check that. I think his scoring was a jackpot. He was a, he was a slot machine jackpot. He he was definitely seven and seven. Uh, in the assistant rebounds, no, it was ten ten seven and seven. Ten seven seven as a rookie. He was good it's last good. year when he That's played. Pretty good. He was his shot was not good. Everything else he did was good. Yeah, he was pretty and, and, good defensively. He was he's still a great passer. He was a good rebounder. And I like, think I, I think I saw stuff. Mike Schmitz on the jump talking about how in college, like Lonzo didn't run a lot of pick and roll. That he was more a transition player. Um, to me, he's going to be a guy that fits very very well alongside LeBron James. I, I think he'll benefit a lot, and I think. Yes, they have a chance. I I I feel much better. I feel much better about his fit, assuming he's healthy. Which uh, I mean, again, see where his knee is at. Uh, I I feel much better about his fit than I do Ingram's fit. And I just, for example, I I mean, I look at them as a team that has a chance to be uh, a really, really good passing team, a really good rebounding team, despite not having a center. Um, I, I think they. Can. I'm skeptical about that part. See, I think I think they're plus rebounders at at a couple different positions. Um, and they'll have to they'll have to do what they can. I mean, they're going to miss Randall. I mean, how many plus rebounders do they have on the roster? I mean, I think two? I mean Lonzo's a tremendous rebounder. LeBron's a tremendous rebounder. Right. There's two. Um, <clears throat> what were um, what were Kuzma's rebounding stats? Not. I mean, he averaged 16 and six. I mean, he's an undersized four. You know, um, I would I would say he's he's a. I would say he's a minus rebounder. I would say Ingram is a minus rebounder. Um, you know, I mean, Caldwell Pope is Lance not a rebounder. Rebound, but, I mean, again, they don't know how much you want him on the court. Uh, right. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I think having, like, you know, LeBron and Lonzo are as guys who can grab the ball off the rim and just go. Right. Um, and, really, and really, Ingram, too, while not as good of a rebounder, but definitely a guy who can play that transition point guard and is a really good passer right. and at his best – but the other problem is LeBron has never played fast, ever. Well, this is all going to be this, this to is all going to be really interesting because this is going to this team I feel like is going to have to do that, and, and that's what I'm like I said. This is to me what I'm most interested in is that this is going to be a challenge that he hasn't had as a professional, and that could either invigorate him or they could wear him down. And uh, right, I, I'm not of the opinion that he is going to be someone who is worn down by this. I think he will. I think he has earned enough equity to, to be someone who 
um, can, can, you know, face the challenges. Now he hasn't always faced challenges in the past gracefully. And I think there'll be growing pains and I think there'll be snide remarks and, and things being played out a little bit in the media. That'll be very eye opening for a team that, that, well, I guess, I mean, handled it last year with LeVar, but it'll be a little bit more when it's LeBron saying it and stuff like that. But I think that, yeah, uh, I just, I, a fasc- as we talked a about fascinating mix. You know, it really it's going to be and, and it's going to be it, it's like, going to be a great theater to watch. And I don't even need sure. it on the front like, oh, they sent all these wacky veterans. Like I'm like I, I forget that. Like I want to see the LeBron, Lonzo, Kuzma, Josh Hart, Ingram that that interaction with the with yeah. The I'm just genuinely interested to watch the. I'm generally I'm genuinely interested to watch this team play because a lot of it doesn't really make sense, and they have to they have a lot of weird pieces to try to fit together. And it's going to be awkward. And the things, like like you said, what are the two things they need LeBron to do on this team more than anything? Play center and play fast. He's never liked playing at a bigger spot. And he's never liked to play fast. And who, like, that is not going to probably go great. And like we talked about privately, this is the first time in this guy's career since, like, 2006 when he has not woke up for the start of training camp and said, I have a chance to win a title. Well, how is he going to react to that? Maybe, like you said, maybe it is I'm really invested in the challenge of uh, trying to win it, trying to win as many games as possible, trying to get the four seed in the West, trying to win a playoff series. Like maybe that is what motivates him. Or maybe he gets to November 15th and goes, what the hell are we doing here? Why didn't we get Kawhi Leonard or trade for another guy this summer? Why am I playing with a bunch of 22-year-olds having a social media fight and have this, like, Bozo the Clown Show group of veteran players? Well, and, like, I want to murder someone. I mean, I think to me, but, like, a more... I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, to me, go the more realistic place. question is, like, or... Why am I doing all this stuff when I've got a um, eight episode order for a DeAndre Jordan based um, hostage <laughs> dramedy? You, you know, um, like I'm more interested in that in that stuff because man, that guy's busy right now. I, mean, I don't ben, know. Maybe I mean, he's not. A ben, I don't know. A ben Simmons. Congrats to Michael. Congrats to Michael Levine with the the uh, the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast host who is doing the Ben Simmons uh, inspired. Uh, <laughs> bro comedy or whatever it is i i i never really thought of ben simmons as the guy that i would believe it is called is it called brotherly love is that the name of the show i i believe so i i wouldn't really be inspired to write a, a com a, a television show about ben simmons but you know i'm not a sixers fan so what do well I if you sold it you would be having a good day <laughs> i i sure <laughs> all right i gotta i, I gotta go Tim. i got I, i've yeah, got that's... i've got housing stuff to do i've got a dog that's been following me you, around with a you, toy you, you clearly do. Desperate, I was about to end anyway, but you—that was a perfect for de- way for you to end the podcast. to play fetches. Well, it's good to have you back in the NBA. Uh, let uh, let people know where they can find you in case they've forgotten about your uh, your exploits. Yeah. And if you have any, uh, if you have any lingering NFL projects or upcoming NBA projects, I've got one more NFL story that in the can- like not in the canyon. I've got an idea that I've had since like I first started on the beat that I've kind of promised myself I will do. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you know, we've got a bunch of season preview stuff coming. LA Times, latimes.com. Um, you should subscribe um, because journalism isn't free, Tim, as people know. <laughs> it has to, you know, it's it not. It is not. Not um, free. I have a very extravagant lifestyle that I, I need to keep up. You know, I've got a wife who likes only the <laughs> finest, which is why <laughs> I have to, why she married me. So I, I, I think. <laughs> there you go. I think, you know, that's a big thing. Uh, at Dan Wiki Sports on Twitter. Uh, Dan Wiki Sports on Instagram for dog pictures. 
mostly. And uh, yeah, that's about it. A lot, lot, lot of B. Arthur. Worthy, worthy follow for He's that. He's a golden one. guy, Tim. He's a golden guy. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for doing this, buddy. I'll see you Thank soon. you for being a friend. All right. Thanks again to Dan for doing the podcast. Be sure to go check out his work at the LA Times. Uh, it's fun to see them building their, their resources up here over the past few months after recently being purchased by uh, Patrick Sun Chong. And Dan is doing an awesome job on the NBA already, and he's going to do more stuff. Really glad he's back covering the league. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Tim Bontemps, on Facebook at Tim Bontemps NBA, in the pages of the Washington Post or on our website at washingtonpost.com slash sports. Please go give the podcast a five-star rating and review uh, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever else you get it. Really helps us out when you do that. Helps us out a lot. So thank you in advance for doing so. Please go support Glenn Yoder in the Western States. You do the theme music for the pod. I've gotten a lot of compliments about it. Uh, so go, you know, find their music online and, and pick pick some up and, and support those guys. Um, and if they're anywhere near you in concert at some point, on usually on the East Coast, go uh, go check them out. They're really really good. Also go check out our other podcasts on WashingtonPost.com/podcast. Whether it's Constitutional, Can You Do That, Retropod, uh, The Daily Two O Two, Letters from War. Uh, there's a whole bunch of pods on there. They're really good stuff. We have more stuff coming, so definitely be sure to check all that out. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you all again soon.